Guilty pleasure, slipping yourself off. Yeah, what, so, yeah, so... I've got a point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's let's start the recording again, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, it's already recording. I mean, oh. okay. Oh. It's already recording. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to episode four. My computer died. Becca, Becca's hand looks like a dick and balls. Well, we're going to start a really good show. <laughs> so, wait, Becca, what was disturbing about that hand gesture again? It's just weird to be on the receiving end of it. I found that out, just that it, it awakened something weird in me to ha- see someone reverse flipping me off. Wait, wait, so, did someone actually do that to you? Uh, not, like, directly to me. I just saw, like, someone on the internet doing it, and I was like, ooh, <laughs> don't so like that. A weird way to do it, yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah. Very, I've never seen anybody do it. I've always... Yeah, and now I'm going to do it exclusively. I'm going to weaponize this. Was it an old Karen or something? Like, I don't... No. Oh. Old people know. It's only the young people can think of something this diabolical. <laughs> I mean, you were telling us before we started recording that apparently the new thing is going like this to people. Like, well, yeah, not like that. It's not like you're doing a rude gesture. Oh, it's sorry. Just like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, eh, oh, gosh. Eh, just, I don't know. No, no, no. We're a I, We should make that a segment. Just Becca comes tell you what the kids are doing these days. Snipping <laughs> <laughs> with, with it. <laughs> the youths of the nation, according to Becca Femme. It's my job to stay hip and with it. It's true. I was about to say, now that my new position, I I was doing support through social, and now I'm doing the other side of social with my new position. And and now, like, my friends and even my wife are like, why are you, how do you know this and this and this? And it's like, I'm on Twitter, like, half the day. I see what's trending. Like, I you just absorb I, it. I, I, well, I, it's, it's, feels kind of weird because I feel like I'm an old man trying to learn new tricks in like the world <laughs> of the social. Oh my God. I like how he says he feels like an old man learning new tricks, but he is in fact an old man learning I'm new tricks. I'm not as old as you, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, I never said you were. He's not learning new tricks. I wasn't also old. I'm just not learning new tricks. <laughs> he knows I'm just old doing that. I'm the same shit I know how to do all the time. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so like I said, we're episode four, my computer shit the bed i'm on an old old laptop so we're gonna have fun um so anyways so um so we want to talk about tv shows in particular like our guilty pleasure tv shows like not like that way i mean unless if you're like you like general hospital or something which schofield no oh okay I'm just saying. I mean, my, my guilty pleasure is about as bad as that, but it's not General Hospital. I've never really been into the soaps. I know. You haven't even told I know. me that you're officially going to say it, but I already fucking know. I don't know if Becca knows. I don't have any clue. I'm going to, this is oh. going to be so exciting. Oh, this is this is going to be, okay. No matter, I wish you're, I, building, you're building it up there, Jimmy. I wish I was doing the stupid <laughs> spinner, because we got no matter what, you got to go last. All right, I'll go last. That's yeah. Oh, right. gosh. I mean, well. I'll like, eat a blueberry and I'll wait. That's cool with me. <laughs> He's got to build up the energy I have, to I have really dunk on us. Bucket of fruit my wife made for me. Strawberries That's and great. blueberries and grapes. And by make it, you mean she just threw it together? Well, she chopped up and washed them. Washed it. Oh, yeah. I hope she washed it. Yeah. Oh, people that don't wash their don't food. don't mal- don't malign my wife. Oh, did you about to say something yeah, else? Dude. I was about to be like, whoa. Um, <laughs> don't do that either. Yeah, don't do that yeah, either. No. That's worse. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. I don't think she would stand for that. Yeah, but like um, the washing of the fruit, um, there was one time at uh, my job a couple of years ago, I watched an older gentleman in the in the kitchen 
using dish soap to clean off the grapes that he was about to eat. And that was one of the grosser things I've ever seen. Like you need to rinse them, but not soap them. No, they have like yeah. actual soap for fruit if you want to yeah. eat. But yeah, they make like a special gone. spray. Yeah. That I've heard actually kind of keeps them for a little bit longer if you use it. But then yeah, also yeah. some people are like, ooh, chemicals. I like it for apples because it's like that little like shiny waxy buildup that apples mm. have in the supermarket. Which yeah, because if you just if you sit there under under hot water, it takes like like forever. twenty minutes or something. But I actually find I do that with apples, they actually aren't quite as bitter. The skin's a little bitter. If you eat them like even if you rinse them, you're fine, but they just taste a little bitter. Well yeah. a water, they don't have that bitter taste, which is good, but exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's so a supermarket, you know, conversation aside. So uh, Becca, that's our guilty pleasure. Washing food. <laughs> I'm going to go on a million. Episode over. We're done. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> we should just go. I'm I'm in, I'm in my workspace right now. I'm just my mind is going to wander. Oh, you know what the grossest thing I've ever seen somebody do in the your, your mind is not the steel trap that you make it out to be anyway, Jimmy. I've never tried to make it. No, no, but you're like, oh, mind's going to wander because of this. My mind, wonder, is, no, no, no. My mind mm-hmm. is a lobster trap where there's a ton of holes that just all the like the little small fish go through. You can get in, but you can't get out. No, that's, well, that's your mind. I mean, you can get out, but it's a fucking hassle and a half. I mean, wow, yeah, wow. your mind's like an IKEA. There's one way out, and you have a hard time finding it. And it's full of meatballs, and nobody wants to eat. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, because they're made out of horse. Horse, of course. Don't, don't malign the Swedes either, man. What is How many years ago was that? Uh, yeah, right. Long Just to make another old man it, joke. It's I. Oh fuck you guys. Oh, nah. <laughs> you can redeem yourself by saying you have a guilty pleasure TV show that's very recent. Go. Yeah, mine is extremely recent. Actually, mine is um. So I, so it's a show called Bluey, B L U E Y, and it's a kids show. It's from Australia. <laughs> And I really, honestly, even if I didn't have my kid, I don't give a fuck. This show is amazing. It's actually genuinely hilarious. Like, not all the time, but when it's hilarious, it's funny. It's fucking, even my wife, who's very, um, she's very picky when it comes to anything like a kid's program. And any, especially anything animated. So the show's about like a, like a, like a world where like, um, like instead of humans, it's all dogs. So it's cartoon and anim- anamorphic, whatever the fuck the word is. Um, anthropomorphic yeah anamorphic uh, is very different <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah i always fuck up on that word but anyways so it's a family of dogs, and you got the mom and the dad you got bingo and you got bluey the two daughters you got four and six and so the show is a really so a lot of people at first i was seeing like people being like oh it's like it's like uh was it peppa pig where peppa pig is delightful first of all no 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 no. you, you think peppa pig is delightful this will blow your fucking socks off this show it's not going for the overly like, oh, okay. So for, okay, how do I describe this? The best way to describe it, I guess, is that it literally is like you're just watching real life. Meaning like, it's not this whole saturated, like they're billionaires and they're like, you know, mommy and daddy are never have to work or anything. And like, you know, like all these non-realistic situations happen where like, you know, like the, the kids don't go into like imagination land, like in, you know, uh, Muppet Babies, for instance, like the original series from the eighties or the kids don't like have like they, they, they aren't stretching the reality of the situation to make it like, you know, kid friendly or whatever. Like, like basically like they, the the family just lives life and like they come up with you know there's different situations they run into like you know one of the kids is depressed because you know sad because of the fact that like the dad has to go to work or something like that and they're dealing with that situation and they're they're dealing with um you know like one of the episodes was um uh the dad accidentally ate like a fry off the kid's plate that the kid was saving 
Like that's a normal kid thing. They do little weird things like that where they hold on to the, the last fry, even though it's cold as fuck and it's 25 minutes afterwards and they're about to walk, to walk out the door, the kid's waiting to eat it literally out the door. So like, you know, like the family dealing with that kind of situation. And so like the other thing is, the other side of it is that not only is it like showing kids how to like kind of, you know, deal with the situation. Like uh, another one is um, uh, the oldest, the oldest kid uh, doesn't like the fact that the father keeps on like pausing and talking to adults while they're on their way to the jungle gym. And so like they, they showed the flip side of it where like she's getting, you know, antsy and stuff. And she's not liking the fact that the, the father's stopping. But the father's also then it's being shown like the father can't you know he's not liking the fact that like she's interrupting so they're doing that whole like they show that like he's like why don't you come over and put your hand on my arm and i'll i'll show you that i'm here and then when there's an actual break i'll talk to you kind of thing like it's showing both sides of it um i don't know it's also just uh, it's cute as fuck i don't even know how else to describe it it's just adorable it makes you feel good but also like, i love that you part. love a kid's show i i, I, I uh I, I think I, I've like I love Mr. Rogers and like the psychology behind kids stuff and like mm -hmm. just how thoughtful he was and like designing children's shows and a lot of the old PBS shows were like that were like yeah. I never picked up on it when I was watching them and I watched them way too late into my childhood because uh, we didn't have like cable for a while so like PBS was the show that we got for free or right. the channel that we got for free so like I had a, a close relationship with all those shows and then like as an adult now I'm looking back and like looking at all the things that they put in and like carefully seeded these lessons and how they presented it to kids and stuff like that's cool I like that you can mm. see that and appreciate it in the show um, oh, yeah. but I also want to know is it like one of those shows where it's just like it's it's just for kids or does it like seed in little bits that if you're an adult watching you'll like find so, and think are funny so one of my problems and this is follow me this will lead into what, what your answer so one of my problems with with kids shows lately and the greatest example i can give you guys is a wonderful was it wow uh, was it the amazing world according to gumball or whatever the hell that show is called it's the one where it's another family of like you know of animals or whatever and the problem i have is that literally they portray they, they portray They've been portraying fathers as complete morons for like the last 30 years. And honestly, I I, I I don't that, but yeah. Well, I mean in animated shows, I mean to say. Mm -hmm. Like like Homer Simpson was like paid kind of paved the way. And like before that, you got Archie Bunker and all these other, you know, sitcom dads that are complete morons. This show doesn't portray him as a moron. He, he's portrayed as a normal human being who's interacting with his kids, who's supporting them and supporting his wife and, you know, you know, doing doing what he needs to do. And the mother's not, you know, an idiot or anything like that in any way. You know, like, like none of them are stupid and they're not caricatures of humans. Like they're actual people, even though they're dog form. But the, <laughs> to answer your question, though, when it comes to the father, for instance, he'll fart and he'll burp. Which are fucking hilarious. Like, um, there is a couple of jokes, um, in particular, in between the, the 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 parents, for instance, that will be kind of like. Um, there was one episode I was watching where I forget what the exact comment that was made by like the mom, but like it showed the dad and he kind of looked at her like, hmm. like you know, like oh, you could be taking a sexual way. So um, yeah, I mean, like, there's definitely I've laughed out loud a lot from this show uh, way more than i have in any of the kids show that i've been watching lately like mm -hmm. um like when my son was really really young which is only a year ago uh it, we were watching and we still do uh baby first and baby first is, is a super super this is a kids ch television program 
and we're going to make this like the whole fundamentals of like learning colors and letters and numbers and, and it's just it's the programming that i really dreaded having to watch with my son and i like i can appreciate what they're going for but at the same time for me as an adult sure. i just find them sure, fucking yeah but this show is fantastic it's for the baby I guess, yeah, but uh, I'm kind of sitting there going, when is he going to grow out of this one? But um, well, interesting, interesting thing there, though, Jimmy, is like you were talking about like um, fathers being portrayed as idiots. I mean, that's a, a long standing thing. I mean, I mean, some of the most popular cartoon sitcoms like Simpsons, yep. Family Guy, yep. um, American Dad, all, all based on the Flintstones. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, right. but he wasn't, even he back then, I don't even think he, he was portrayed as not as smart, but I don't think he was definitely as dumb as they made them believe. No, but he was still kind of a bumbling oaf. Yeah. Right? He was a, a bumbling oaf who had a wife who was smart and put together and much prettier mm-hmm. than he should have been married to, which yeah. is kind of one of the focuses of that show, which is also what The Simpsons are, which is also what Family Guy is. Yep. For some reason, that's a very like common trope for some that's, reason even when they aren't like an idiot like it's just the old way it was that like the dad would be the one working so they just have way less time to develop that yeah. as a character so the mom basically did have to be you know like a very smart yeah. exciting right. part of the show whereas the dad could just show up for his one-liners or whatever and then the rest of the time he's going to yeah. be at work and then so, actually, like even well, when he when he wasn't an outright idiot he was, still didn't have a great part and nowadays sure. it's much more accepted that both of the parents are working or sharing the responsibilities, so they have that chance to really show like dads being good dads. True. Mom's good, good. Mom's good to be funny and silly, which is good. Oh yeah, no. And that's oh, the other thing about this show is that it doesn't sit there and portray like just one or the other when it comes to the parents as having like the like the um, like the better imagination or whatever. Like they show how like the kids, like the episode I saw today, uh, the kids had started. Oh, the kids were playing Queen. And like one of them was the butler and one of them was the queen. And then as they walked through the room, like the mom was all of a sudden like, oh my God, my queen, my queen. And then when the father saw him, he was like, oh my, your majesty. Like, like they were playing along, but they were both showing, that's a good example as to like them both having imaginations and not just being like, oh, he has a really good imagination and hers isn't as good, or none of that kind of crap. Like, Or having to be like the stern parent being like, all right, guys, pick oh, up your yeah. stuff, stop playing or whatever. Like, exactly. just, like engage with the kids. Yeah, it's way more, it's way more, um, like even even though my kid is obviously very young, it's definitely still, it, it shows that like they put way more effort into it and in showing that what an actual pair of parents look like and mm-hmm. act like with the kids. And that whole like, good cop, bad cop thing. Sure. When the kid's in trouble, that's definitely going to come down to it. You know, I'm going to be the good cop, but my poor wife, I feel so bad, but she's going to be the bad cop, but I think she she married you. Exactly. I, she, I don't know. I think she tried to figure it out, but she, I don't know if she ever fully got in. You know, I don't know. Let me, let me Uh, ask you this though. Do do you know what the parents' names are in that show? Or are they just mom and dad? No, uh, he is, his name is bandit and her name is Chili. C-H-I-L-L-I. See, the here's the thing I find hilarious because I do stupid stuff like this. Is I always like taking kid shows and picking apart the world building. Mm-hmm. So oh. I find it funny that a world composed entirely of dogs is using, you know, demeaning dog names to describe each other. So like the kid's name is Bingo or Bluey or like Bandit. I'm sure there's a guy named Maybe Spot. that in their own language they might be beautiful names, but Maybe. the way we I just find it really funny. I never right? know. 
Actually, no, I have another question about world building. Is Bluey okay. related to Blue's Clues? Like, is this a not that I know? Of, like, no. and, and a little blue dog that, from that. Like, they actually, um, so, so the, as far as I know, there's no connection um, in any way, shape, or form. Um, it, it's funny because even though it's made by an Australian company and everybody in the show and involved with the show is Australian, the BBC is putting it out, but then Disney in America is putting it out. So. Sure. Because you so so really quickly, so so the show is each episode is about seven or eight minutes long. There's 52 episodes in the in each of the first two seasons, and then the first season is on each uh, on and Disney Plus, and then Disney Now, which is the other streaming platform that they have, which is for their junior like the Disney Junior stuff. They have the second season, and then eventually the second season will probably be moved over to Disney Plus. But the third season has already been announced and confirmed. So that's going to be happening. So I'm very excited. But world building wise, though. I will say this show is very, very well connected. Um, well, by the way, I do have to point out one thing that is funny is that their neighbor, uh, it's uh, as far as I can tell, it's a single dad. And then the boy's name is Lucky. And they only refer to the dad as as uh, Lucky's dad. Even like the parents only say it, which I think is kind of one of those. I think that one slides. Everybody else has a name. And I think that one slides because I think it's one of those like jokes, like, oh, like an inside joke, joke kind of thing. Self referential. Oh yeah. So world building wise, though, they we're talking like they they have a whole interconnecting you know family. Um, as far as I know, uh, you've only met Bandit's Bandit's brother and his family, and then I forget which of the grandparents. I think they feature both sets of grandparents, or at least one or the other, or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but they, like, I, I haven't. I've kind of watched them out of out of sync a little bit. I don't think I've seen them all yet, but anyways, but world building wise with the kids, it's fantastic because like you've got episodes where like Bluey goes to school and then you meet all the, 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 the students in that school and then they'll show up and like when like, during play dates or fun times or something like that. Uh, and then actually in the second season, they actually introduced a kid named Jack who has uh, ADD, who I'm not going to lie as a person with ADD. I watched that episode and is actually very appreciative of what they did with it because they, they showed at the beginning that the kid didn't understand why he couldn't sit still in the car and why he kept on forgetting to last, listen to his dad and then sit still. And then he had this bright little like sibling or whatever that was like, literally they get to the new school and it's telling the teacher like, oh, he doesn't listen and he doesn't sit well. And then he goes and plays army with his buddy and he keeps on saying stuff like, oh, I don't remember numbers and letters and words very well. And then he, you know, he doesn't remember this or he can't do that or whatever. But then at the end of this, yeah, like the entire episode is him explaining to his mom his day and then remembering all the details of everything that was happening. And they were showing that when he's involved in something that he's really, really interested in, he gets fucking laser focused, which is exactly what my mind is like. If I'm sitting there and I'm not fully engulfed in, you know, like um, fully interested, I should say, in like the TV show I'm watching or something like that, I could be very like laser focused on an article I'm reading or something. So like that was a, like, a, like a really, really well done explanation of it. And then, the, the, like I said, the kids are like, they, they're getting goofier, uh, w not goofier, but like they're getting a little bit more ballsy, I think, with the second season, because the first season was a success. Where like the second uh, season, there was an episode that we watched where um, the uh, the kids and the and the parents were talking about how uh, the, the kids were about to be dropped off at the grandmothers. And then the parents were like, oh yeah, we need some time away from you guys. And then they started drawing out this imaginary story that was going on on the screen. And it, it was just... It was a different art form of like a storytelling uh, tactic that they were doing, and it was a it was amazing. Like the, I, 
just watch the show. It's amazing. The first season's on, on Disney Plus, second season's on Disney Now, third season's coming at some point. Wow. Just, just I trust me, watch love it. I hope that you've really got into this. I, oh, yeah. I, I probably said this before, um, but if you like the kind of thought and effort that goes into making children's television in particularly, mm-hmm. uh, Defunctland TV, yeah. have a YouTube channel. They do yes. incredible deep dives on shows like from back yep. in the day, not current ones. But like it's that same sort of thing of like you don't really appreciate when you're watching it just how much like effort goes into like making sure they have representation for different things like ADHD and you know all that stuff and just like how intentional they are. And also like the other things about like how many episodes get like greenlit at a time and all that stuff. And did you just check your phone? Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh I might have sent something at the very beginning of this she episode sent me to both of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't send you. <laughs> I sent you one penny less. <laughs> it's good. It's a good call. Sorry. <laughs> I wanted to see if you would check your phone in the middle of a recording, and you did. And while I was talking, shame I'm on sorry. you. I, I After I gave you 68 cents. You just explained what he did. He has it. He <laughs> Oh, I only checked it because I saw a text from my wife come through that says she's leaving work. Oh, okay. That, now the phone's down. I swear. Oh my god. So that was a trap. Backstory. I sent I sent her friend Abby sixty nine cents randomly this morning because I saw his name pop up in PayPal. And I thought that was a cute thing to just send you to your friend and let them know you're thinking of maybe not sixty nine. Yeah, that was that's awkward. Problem. So I sent you sixty eight cents just to let you know what I was thinking of you. <laughs> Oh, so good. Uh, Sorry. Hmm. Defunct Land, yes. Um, so I love like all of his stuff, like the the Defunct Land on on the TV, uh, Defunct Land on the theme parks, and um, Defunct Land on. There's a third one. I forget what it is now, but there, like, I don't normally like to go on YouTube and watch like 35, 45 minute, you know, videos. But for I whatever like, reason, this I, guy's I, I stuff is fucking, fucking amazing. And it just enthrall it. Just, he it's it's really ridiculously well informed. It's well edited. The clips that he uses are just I mean, like there's everything. Ab- and his voice is really good too. I'm not gonna lie. Like if we can have yeah. him on the show to for, to interview him to be like, yo, what the fuck? That's incredible. <laughs> I I, uh, I love watching people who are really passionate about certain things. Oh, and yeah. I am not a. I don't go to amusement parks much. Uh, but I really have found people who are into amusement parks and like amusement park ride history and all that stuff mm-hmm. are some of the most passionate people and like the most well-researched to like go on and just watch a YouTube video. And I, I love it. I'm like, I'm never going to ride this ride, but it's great. I love to hear you talk about it. Exactly. Like his- that's how I got into Funk Land. And then they started doing the TV stuff. And I was like, oh my God, these are all the shows that oh, I watched yeah. as a kid. And I didn't know any of this stuff about them. His episode about, um, what was it? Muppet Babies was the, the, the original late eighties, early nineties Muppet Babies was uh, like, I was ready to cry by the end of it because it was just like because that's one of those shows where unfortunately it will never uh, uh, as far as we know it will never appear in its original form in any DVD or, or yeah. because of all the copyrights that they had to go through yeah. but it's one of those shows where actually you can find uh, I don't know if it's all or some or most or whatever but you can actually find uh, some of them a lot of them on YouTube now which is great uh, but the quality they not show up on Disney Plus really at all no, not that I've seen yet. No, um, some things that they they intentionally don't. One, like it could be copyright, but they also just did like a big uh, episode on where in the world is Carmen San Diego, oh. and because like yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, 
but because like a lot of that history has changed, like the maps have changed. Some of the countries sure. that they were doing stuff sure. on have changed. So like they're factually inaccurate now. So he was just straight up like, I don't think they ever will put these out just because like, what's the point? Like it's wrong they, information. Do what they did with um like, um what was it? Uh, the HBO Max thing where they were like, they put like the warning of before some of the cartoons when they have that. Right. Yeah, yeah, but like the when the whole point of the show is to educate people. Just, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. a warning. And it's just straight up giving you wrong information. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are they going to do? Bleep that question when they're talking about a map? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 two minutes on top of that one question. No, so I, my <laughs> thing is that I actually, I actually agree with the way that HBO handled that because they, they, they put up the warning that were like, we're not editing this because we're literally presenting it as what was viewed back then, like what, like how it was presented. And it's not like we're, you know, it was never a, a about apologizing for it or making an excuse for it or anything. It was literally, it's literally just like, we're going to show you this unedited. And, but here's the warning that this is pretty bad, but this is what the way that the world was back then. I think that one of the things that Disney uh, dips about a little bit is, is that is the, the whole like trying to like hide it and make it look like it never happened like um uh the whole thing about that that uh, well it's it's a very it's a different mindset right true i mean i'm not gonna say say i'm not gonna say which is right and which is wrong i think they both have pros and cons right i don't want to get political we don't want to put on this podcast but it it is yeah please don't it's different points of view some people like i don't want to hear about it at all i want it to be sanitized because i don't want my kids or myself to be exposed to that other people are like it's important to see this stuff and to recognize it when you see it, mm-hmm. and I think they both have some merits. Yeah. And, and I well, that's like that. the the big thing there is like the kids, like your audience. When yeah. you're like right. you don't have your kids just hanging out on HBO as you would on like Disney. True. Like HBO could argue is for like the older people that grew up with it and are going back and looking at it, and maybe if they want to choose to show it to their children, they can make an informed choice because they've yeah. been warned. Exactly. Versus like it's Disney, it's just let your kids scroll for hours and watch this in the background, and but speaking, they're not having those conversations which you need to have with media like that because otherwise yeah. it's just going to keep perpetuating the same thing that was the problem with it initially. But um, speaking of nostalgia, Stacey and I have been watching a lot of classic '90s Nick on Paramount Plus. Ooh. We're watching uh, Ari Fair of the Dark and Legends of the Hidden Temple the other day. Oh, Legends. Fantastic. Legends. That was a show I wanted to be on so bad. That and Guts, even though I was a fat little kid. I wanted to be on both of those shows. It was so interesting looking at like 12 and 13-year-olds in the 90s as opposed to 12 and 13-year-olds nowadays and like how different they acted and talked and dressed and everything else. It's just very interesting to me. Also, the prizes... The like prices were the worst. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not gonna run and jump in slime for like a, I don't know, keyboard. Like, like last time, I think it was like the grand prize was like a trip to like the Caribbean or something. Ooh, but like, yeah, that's but if you didn't, if you got to the temple, but that's all you got, you're like, here's some candy and like a remote control car. Yeah, I'm like, that's, so, like, that's like forty bucks. Like, what is going for hell? <laughs> the where in the world is Carmen San Diego show would give you like an atlas and like your big prize for winning was that you could go anywhere in the U.S. Ooh. So like, <laughs> to a kid is probably exciting, but like, <laughs> parents are like great. That's like a five hundred dollar trip, right? That's good job. I was gonna yeah. say the parents are probably like, I I tricked you across the country to be on this show, and now we get to go back home for free. Well, okay. yeah. I, uh, it's just it's just being on TV was such a big deal. Oh yeah, so right. as nowadays you know, like we do this, like we're we're on TV, quote unquote, or whatever, you know, like easy stream yeah. us, right? Well, like <laughs> yeah, we, we have, we'll be on like said, we have like we have um film production stuff in our pockets with our phones. Yeah, it's crazy now. But anyway. 
We did enough chocolate. Let me move, yeah. move on to Fen's guilty pleasures. Say, yeah, let's let's yeah, move no. forward a little bit in time. We've we've gone through a children's show. Uh, now we're going to move on to my guilty pleasure, which are shows I'm pretty sure are targeted at teenagers. Okay. Um, so things like Teen Wolf. <laughs> I really oh, no. love shitty sci-fi intended for the teenage bracket that so they're like not great production values not great acting actually all the actors are definitely like in their 30s but they're trying to be high school kids right that kind of thing. Love... syndrome yeah and you're yeah. talking about the, the the mtv team wolf one right that came yes. out okay okay so, so we're yeah. talking like roswell sort of stuff like way back in the day like, yeah that would that would have been one um i got i got what you're saying so yeah I, I don't watch tv in the same way anymore i usually mm -hmm. just like binge watch things that other people are watching youtube has kind of taken over like my day-to-day -day <laughs> tv stuff yeah. but like that sort of slightly paranormal teen setting gets me every time but teen wolf in particular was a big one for me i remember because it was right after i got back from uh college and i was living with my parents so not a lot going on and i would like it would be a special moment each week where i would like clear my parents out of the living room like it's my teen wolf time i'm gonna have my mcdonald's uh mcflurry and watch teen wolf, <laughs> even though i'm a, like a 24 year old woman um very comforting yeah. i can see though. that makes sense but they're they're really funny and, and like because they those ones in particular like when you've got the melodrama or whatever like mm. eye roll of these like kids going through whatever their problems are but then you have to like put it next to them like turning into very bad cgi wolves and like also sometimes they just run on their hands and legs like not as wolves oh that's just like their God. human thing of like oh it's God. great and they, every show like that has it they're like there's certain points where their budget's just not good enough and they're like but we've got to get this supernatural aspect in so we're gonna make them do some stupid Oh. acting you know this kids cannot do ching -ching the bank though with it i mean yeah oh that's the other thing too we i already said that i love watching people who are really passionate about a thing because i don't fully get i have my waves of passion i'm also I have adhd so i get really hyper fixated in things oh, yeah. and then i lose it entirely so i can't maintain that level of love for a thing ever like for a long period of time but i love watching other people who are and these types of shows have that crazy fan base where i'm like i don't no one else i know watches this show i'm a grown woman i can go on the internet and just like watch a feed on twitter of like other people who oh. <laughs> clearly are really involved in this fandom just like talking about it and feeling like I'm a part of it without actually needing to like take part and like reveal to the world that I watch Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I also got really into uh the 100. That one was a little bit more serious. Uh, actually but I, also I had a problem with the real 100 was good but it it kind of jumped a shark after a while and I was like yeah. this is what was it um Oh god! It was the main character and the woman who's in charge of like the people on the ground, and mm -hmm. then they betrayed each other. Like when that happened, I'm like, you guys are just like inventing conflict to keep the show going. I'm feeling like I'm starting. Yeah, to I stopped watching after a few seasons. Uh, but like, I, every so often, I like I would hear like a like an episode synopsis of it and be like, what the like? How did they get there? What is happening? Yeah, right. Like crazy levels of like you have to like. It should have ended after like maybe three seasons, but like mm. they have to keep inventing new ways to keep it going. And it's How just like, it same it? thing happened with Teen Wolf. I never actually finished Teen Wolf. I think I missed like the final season, but there was just like certain part. I was like, okay, I've had enough. Well, this, <laughs> I've reached that's my quota. That's thing with TV shows, TV shows in general is I generally, this just doesn't reflect my guilty pleasure at all, but I generally like TV shows that have like, uh, there's a storyline they're trying to tell, mm -hmm. right? And there is, there's at least going to be some ending to it. 
or at least some way to end it in a way that we're like, okay, we're kind of wrapped up this storyline, right? right? Like Avatar: The Last Airbender is a great one, like the the first mm-hmm. the first series, right? There's one central conflict, it wraps up, we're great, you know. And one of my all-time favorites is uh, Cowboy Bebop, right? I don't know if you guys have watched Cowboy Bebop at all. I still, need to finish it. I still need to finish it. So it has a very clear story, right? The The story is really about um, Spike more than anyone else. Because mm-hmm. um, right? the last few episodes are really about wrapping up his story. And it ends in a very kind of ambiguous way. I'm not going to do anything away for you, Jimmy. But it's very up to your interpretation of what actually happens at the end. <laughs> he dies. <clears throat> Well, no, not necessarily. Like the thing is that people have gone to to Wantanabe a lot and be like, "What actually happens?" And he's like, "What do you think happens?" Something happens to him. Like, well, what happens next? And he's like, "Nothing." Yeah. The story is over. Yeah. That is it. Yeah, that was over. the whole point I was trying to get get across. That story is what I was telling. That's it. It's over. Yeah. And I I enjoy that kind of stuff. And sometimes, especially with like one of the the worst shows for me, was like uh, like Lost. Was like that. Like they had a storyline. I feel like they've they've forgot what it was or tried to change it like halfway through, and it got really weird, mm-hmm. right? Or shows like Buffy, yeah. which I love. I love Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. It's a great show. Um, you know, Josh Whedon aside, unfortunately, some stuff going with him yeah, nowadays. That whole thing. But still, a very brilliantly made show. But you could tell after a while, like there, we're just trying to do stuff to do stuff. Like the last couple of seasons, like we're just trying to continue this on. There's a lot of shows that, that, that ends up happening. I mean, yeah. just trying to draw it out. American shows more than anything. I was like, oh, if we keep making new ideas, we'll keep making the show, making money. I'm like, yeah, but now you're, you're losing any sort of artistic integrity here whatsoever. Or you got Dexter, for instance. Dexter's another good example. I freaking love yeah. the first half of that show, the first three seasons. And then you can tell that between season three and four, they changed showrunners. And all of a sudden, it got darker and it got stupider. And all this, but the, but the great thing about that show was that it was one of those perfect examples of they have the overarching storyline throughout the entire series, but then each you know season is is well contained within it, but then it's like a huge storyline. But again, they're planting stuff for the final. But whatever this revival thing that they're filming in Massachusetts for that show, by the way, is I'm so freaking excited for it because if it can <laughs> if it can retcon the end of that goddamn show, I you know what. <laughs> They can literally, literally, Dexter can like wake up in the first half a second of the show and go, oh shit, the last three years of my life have been a dream. And then go on and do, I will take that. It is the stupidest fucking lame thing to do. I will seriously take it if they literally just go, fuck the last three seasons. I will literally take whatever it takes. So, anyway. yeah. So, completely aside from what Jimmy's asking, um, which I agree, there are some shows like that. I wish they had done that too. Like, right. like, it was so good. Um, my big one is not a TV show, but I just kind of pretend Alien Three and Onward never happened. Just mm-hmm. nope. Alien One and Two, and then nope. Rest of the film series just doesn't happen. Newton, you know, Ripley or mother and daughter on the planet, and they're all happy. Oh, yep. Rest of the rest of the film franchise just doesn't exist. Um, if you like Teen Wolf, mm-hmm. have you ever watched True Blood? Uh, yes. Because I'm saying that seems like Teen Wolf just like drunk adult. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Just like yeah. hell. Because I liked that for a while, but I had some real issues later in the series. Which yeah. That's really? another one where I, I like maybe missed the last season or two. Like I, I, I tend to just fall off on these ones that have a never ending. And sometimes it feels like you they didn't expect to keep getting renewed for seasons. So like maybe they yeah. had an idea of like, you know, three or four seasons out, like this is kind of the moment we're building to. And then like 
a couple seasons and they're like, oh crap, we have to extend <laughs> yeah. it now to like six seasons. Yeah. And right. you can feel that kind of like weird pacing shift. My- um, but True Blood, I, I wouldn't say is like a guilty pleasure only because it is like more intended for adults, but right, it's the same that. exact thing, just slightly aged. But just yeah. like more, more appropriate for, for your uh, age group. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. My issue with that, and a little spoiler, I know we're going to talk possibly, we're, one of the things we're talking about is like, mm-hmm. you know, unpopular opinions on certain movies or certain media. Okay. And um, one of my issues with True Blood kind of informs that conversation if we end up having it later is eventually, if you want to have like an anti-hero or like, is this guy a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Eventually you just have to come down on one side or the other. And if I'm coming down like, no, this guy's a bad guy in a, in a movie, I don't give a crap about him anymore. Yeah. Right? And in True Blood, there was a point, I think it was like season six or it was, where like the humans are all like decked out in like silver threaded body armor and shooting silver bullets and have UV lights and are just hunting down and killing vampires. And I'm like, good. They're horrible. They're yeah. all wow. horrible murderers and rapists and just killers. None of them. The entire show shows you over and over again how all of them are terrible. And maybe they're good or bad at certain times, but have been like monsters at certain points in their life. And the one character they have who's a vampire who doesn't, who ends up killing a bunch of people eventually, and she's upset about it, but she does. And I'm like, yeah, kill them all. There's no reason to keep them alive. Mm-hmm. The whole analogy like, oh, they're supposed to be like minorities, they're supposed to be about racism. I'm like, well, that goes out the window when you've presented every single person in that group as being like, objectively evil as all hell right yeah and they've got to keep increasing the anti so like the things that they do are worse and worse Mm -hmm. it's the the similar problem a show that i never really got into was the vampire diaries but i recently watched like a really long synopsis of like just how off the rails that got but like it was the same sort of thing as like it starts out kind of like Ooh, like I, I like really fighting against my nature, or whatever. Like vampires can be good, but by the end of it, it's just like everyone's done so much horrible shit that it's just like, how can you like forgive this? And also, yeah. it has the I, I think a similar, maybe to a lesser degree with True Blood, but like with some of the lower budget ones, they tend to like put things out and then see what are audience favorites. And then like if they like them, they keep them around, which happens a lot with villains. So that you get this like flipping of like all right you came in as a villain but now you're gonna stick around for like three more seasons as like a love interest or whatever but like you've lost the things that made you exciting because now you're like a good guy and everything exciting about you was like your edginess or whatever so you just get these really horribly written characters because like they don't know what they are going into it they're just kind of waiting to see how people respond and then updating them next season based on like how much screen time or like they'll try pairings or whatever and then they'll be like oh people didn't like that okay now we'll just try pairing that person off on with someone else it's just like it, it's that's, like yeah, that's why there's no direction. They're just making money. They're not making a show. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Like, that's oh, why I like watch yeah, a few sure. seasons and I just kind of duck out. I'm like, I'm probably not missing anything. You know what's funny? The way you guys are describing these shows, it reminds me of my attempts of trying to watch the show. Uh, what was it uh, Breaking Bad and the show Weed? Weeds. Uh, Weeds, for instance, I watched. I think the first season, first season and a half or so, religiously, and then all of a sudden I fell off the bandwagon. But like, and then all of a sudden they were like living in an RV and they were living with like a dead grandma or something. I don't know, like some weird fucking shit was going on. Sure. And the weird part was that like uh, Kevin Nealon, the really tall comedian that was from SNL from the 90s, he's like played like the neighbor or a friend of theirs or something that who has his own house in their town, who apparently uprooted his entire life to go live with this random fucking family that sells weed out in like a different state or something like 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 jumping out of it and then back into it for two episodes was like fucking bizarre 
and then um but the way you guys were in, they were talking about how like um you know like bad guys come and go and they, they kind of try to like test with the waters with each one that kind of seems like i only got through the first season and a half of breaking bad and then hit a really super depressing episode where like jesse goes and breaks into a house and there's like a toddler and a dirty diaper and shit like i literally turned it out turned it off halfway through and i haven't gone back someday i may well the, it, it just think, it seems like one of those kind of shows though so yeah i mean the thing with breaking bad though is breaking bad does a very good job if you're paying attention that you're not supposed to be rooting for Walter White to win. You're right. supposed to be mourning the fact that he just is going to continually to he's just going to continue losing the entire season, entire series. Right. It's just his slow eventual. Yeah, demise. that's not yeah. really. My I will say Breaking Bad seemed like it had they planned it out, like it didn't, yeah. and it eventually ended. Was, it didn't feel like point. they kept like renewing it because it was doing good. I don't know. Maybe there was some filler in the well, middle. That's, I, that's part of my love hate relationship with Rick and Morty, Jimmy. Oh yeah, because I, I love Rick and Morty. I haven't watched the, the latest season because I, I waited till I got binge. I'm gonna probably watch it this week when I'm oh, off. Okay, but um, good luck. I love it. But the thing is, like, I I get why um, the creators are so angry at it because people don't understand what the show is trying to say. Well, mm-hmm. you haven't seen season four yet, and honestly, whatever. What, I, here's the thing: I would like you to continue your thought. Mm-hmm. Literally go watch the fourth season and then come back and tell me that well, fucking right. I, I'm, I'm curious because I know they've said on record that they are going to try to be much more blatant about what they're trying to say in the later seasons. Yeah, because they, apparently they were at cons getting like visibly and very forcefully very mad at some fans who came up to them and talked to them. Apparently, I read some interviews with both, and they were like, "We like had to like leave because we were so mad." Yep. They, yeah, like, yeah. They're like, you do not understand what we're trying to say in this show at all. And like the fact that you're taking the exact opposite message is like killing us inside. Exactly. Yeah. Dan Harmon, as far as I know, actually may have actually stopped going to cons. And then Justin Rowland, for instance, he was at PAX two or three years ago and literally like avoided the the crowds. Like he, yeah. he like he was supposed to do my understanding is that he was actually supposed to do a panel about the VR game that wasn't even Rick and Morty themed. And I think he actually bagged out on that, but then socially like did social media posts about it. Didn't do the panel, but then was like posting about like, Oh, we got great crowds there and stuff like that. And there was like in the, like the wings up in like the VIP sections, like taking photos and stuff. And then like Beck and I went on this, this cruise and he was at the party. Yeah. Yeah. And he was up in the VIP, but then he wouldn't talk to anybody else. Like, you can tell, and I watched them. And he I had some toxic, toxic interactions. Oh yeah, I, I well, here's the thing: like, if if we could ever like, say, if I ever met either of them, I would just be like, like, I wouldn't ever sit there and go deep on the show, like sure. that. And that's been one of my things is that like, even if I watch like the nerdiest of nerdiest shows, like I don't know, Babylon Five or whatever, for instance, like I'm never. I would, first of all, it's not a show, it's not my cup of tea, but. If I ever got into it to the point where I'm rewatching it and I know every fucking line of every single episode and I'm sitting there and I have theories that are, I'm sorry, I have holes in their theories or their plot lines or something, I would never walk up to the creators and be like, so you did this and you meant this and but the, but this happened and this is wrong. Like, like, I mean, yeah, some people get really into a thing and they like their dream is to talk about the thing that they love with the person that made the thing, you know, even sure. like I think we will probably understand that if we did that, it's going to be like not an exciting experience. It's probably going to be a letdown and maybe really awkward because mm-hmm. um, like what's what like 
I guess they're envisioning that they're, the creator will be like, yes, you you did it. You got exactly what I was thinking about. Or, or like, that's maybe not even what they're asking. They're like, I like this was really cool, and I want to know more about how my favorite thing was made and just kind of, like, hearing about the process. So, like, I understand why people do it. But, like, also, like, I wouldn't – I don't. I feel like it would – I've stopped, like, going up to the people that I admire at cons and stuff and, like, asking for photos and things like that because it's just, like, it's never it, – it ruins sort of a facade <laughs> of, like, ooh, like – once you meet oh. your heroes, it becomes less exciting. You have to you have to go in with some realist, realistic expectations. Like the thing that I find funny with like George Martin is he's he's talked about like I've met him twice. He's he's a nice guy, but like what? the thing with George Martin is like people talk about this like super deep stuff they talked about. He's like I don't remember half of that crap. Right, exactly. He's yeah. like I made it all up and I remember it, but like this like super detail like that one sentence over here. He's like I I'd have to look at my notes. I don't know off the top of my head. Because the creators, a lot of times, they create it, they make it, they put it out there, and then it's over there. Yeah. Right? You don't go back to it and read it like 9,000 times like we are. Yeah. We're yeah. consuming it. It's very different, right? It's like, like another thing that will... makes his taco, then eats that taco for like two years so he understands like all the complexities of that taco. Like it's, you make it, you give it to other people, it's for them to enjoy to some degree, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And like you can't predict like how they're gonna like experience the flavor of the taco and be like, oh, this reminds me of my childhood. And so like this weird thing that you didn't even think about putting in, no. like, is the thing that they will pick up on and yeah. be like, all right, how could you think to put this in? And you're like, I didn't really. I just no. like threw it in. Exactly. That same sort of stuff like with games as well. It's like like the little mechanics that you thought like no one was gonna interact with, like that's the ones that players will be like oh gosh, tell me how this got created. Why did you choose to make this number 69? Was it a joke? And like the honest answer is just like, I don't think anyone was even thinking about it. We just didn't want it to go up to 70. And so it oh, ended up being 69. It wasn't a conscious choice. Or like, why is this slot have a lock on it? Like, what is your what are your plans to make this uh, thing that has a lock on it? It's like, it's just literally we wanted to put room in the UI in case we wanted to expand it. Like, there's no plan. Yeah. <laughs> we just did well, a thing. <laughs> well, for instance, like Jimmy and I met one of our heroes uh, last uh, two years ago, Jimmy, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Bruce I Campbell. Know, 2020 happened. I know, right? Yeah, uh, so two years ago, so long ago, Jim and I met Bruce Campbell, which has been uh, – I I've, I've met him once before very briefly. He was at a, a screen for a film. But this actually got to like talk to him for a little bit, which was great. Um, it was something that I've always wanted to do. I know something Jimmy, you always said you always wanted to do too. Oh, yeah. It was great to meet him. Like Jimmy and I, we knew enough about Bruce Campbell as like a person, right? Not Ash Williams, right? Or, or whoever, like not his characters, but as him that I, I'm like, I have a pretty good idea of who he is as a person. And like really what's important to him again, as a individual, you know, male human, not as like, you know, my ideas of who he is, which was good. But like, I can see that it's tough if you can't separate that out. That I would probably do the same with you as fan. I'm like, I'm gonna have a hard time separating that person from the character or the creations. I don't think I want to meet them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like I'm getting like the same sort of level of enjoyment of like seeing them interact with people other people who sure. are like a little bit more excited. And I'm like, I I can appreciate them from this distance. I have the story to tell that I was here, but like I don't know, I guess there's also that element of like like you get a story when you actually talk to the person, like maybe they'll compliment you on your like shoes and you'll be like oh yeah. gosh these are not my favorite shoes because well, my like, favorite person oh jimmy's got a story i i the, the rock said i was a cool guy so i mean I got, oh okay <laughs> actually that's really cool <laughs> the rock says you're cool so, really cool i am i'm actually it's funny because i'm the opposite uh so i'm the opposite of fan but I, i'm definitely a good mixture of of schofield where i first of all so okay so in my job in radio 
from 04 to 2012. For eight and a half years, I was on a morning show in Boston and I met countless number of people. Like people I have, I, I like literally, I have forgotten that I've met them and then remembered. Like I met Channing Tatum before he was Channing Tatum. Like he like, like before he blew up into this huge person. And then and I did not, like, did he have a name change or something? Sorry, no, sorry. sorry no, I need, I need to Basically okay. he was just some guy from like a dance movie and he had, he was promoting something else that what did I, I don't even remember what it was and it didn't hit big and then literally within like a year all of a sudden he was just like Channing Tatum's fucking everywhere and all of a sudden it's just like huge and so like I so I met some and then I've also met so many people that like have gone to the wayside unfortunately and stuff like that but the so for me though I've always been able to separate and be like okay like like I've met Simon Pegg what two or three times and I'm able to sit there and I'm able to separate him from, you know, Sean or the character he plays in space, right. wherever he was. And so I like, that's, you know, like uh, Gilbert Godfrey is another great example. Like I, he's a comedian and he's this person and this person. And so like when I met these people, it was always, I love this and this and this in your craft or whatever you've done. Um, but I am also the opposite of Fen, where I'm like, I want a story. Like I'm <laughs> one of those people. I'm I, I will I will not lie. I'm one of those people that I'm like, oh my god, I got to interact with Guy Fieri and his manager gave me his card, or um, you know, uh, Lisa Lampanelli, uh, the comedian. Uh, I asked about Andy Dick's uh, sexual preference, and she gave me a whole story about it. Um, like like I well, like. It might be different now. This might also be true for like conventions and stuff. But like a lot of those ones, you were meeting in kind of a professional capacity, whereas like you were meeting not as like a fan. I mean, you right. probably yeah. said you were yeah. a fan, but like it was all it was a slightly different environment than like the con environment. Because yeah. I've also found like as once I got into like the game industry, I didn't end up like just meeting a lot of the people who were my heroes, just like like working together. So it was like not a, a point where I was like going up and like interrupting their like meal to ask for photos and stuff like that it was just straight up like well, we were in a booth and being like oh hey and like having cool stories like that i'm like that's a slightly different thing um but i don't know maybe it's the same for you at conventions too if like you wanted to go up and well, get those yeah, stories yeah so at the station i got the the one-on-one -on -one time with them and it is funny actually now i think about it like um uh robert england for instance like i got to meet him literally on a Friday morning before he went to Worcester and then did his first of three days at Rock and Chalk. And I got the whole, like, first of all, I didn't, I never had to pay for, you know, nobody ever asked me for the money for the, for the um, uh, signatures or anything like that, or any pictures or anything. And also this was way before like people started asking for money for pictures. So um, like I got to do that interaction and then I actually got to watch him because I was in a line next to him. I forget who I was meeting, but I was watching the interactions with them. And it was just weird to see people paying to interact with him when I got to do it for free just a few hours before that. But um, yeah, actually, and a quick side side story. I didn't know that you had to pay for signatures. So my first time going to one of these conventions, I walked right up to, the, to one of the women from uh, the first Cabin Fever film with my DVD. And she signed and I turned around and the guy's like, yo, you gotta, you gotta pay for that. <laughs> I had to turn around and be like, I have to go to the ATM. I'll be right back. Here's here's my I was literally like here's my DVD and I'll be right back and I have to go find an ATM and then it gets and I knew the guy that's running the thing and he ended up going over and asking for the money back. Really? I was so I was that's so, so awkward. I was so awkward. I couldn't even I couldn't even look in her general direction anymore for the rest of the three days. Well, that's that's a good point to it as well. Like if you're working as like a professional interviewing these people, right? Or like this is kind of part of like. 
they're agreed to be here. You've agreed to be here in a certain capacity. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Or going to a con, right? Yeah. And like meeting, like we, like I said, we met Bruce Campbell. Like that makes sense. Like I, it's a very structured. Like I am paying for the opportunity to have a photo with you, which I think is fun, great. Yeah. But there are certain there are certain people that I think I'd be fine at meeting at a certain venue like that. But there are certain stuff that I don't think I would want to to meet them or or, or meet them in a more casual setting because I think it would just be weird. Right. Like um, my boss told a story about a guy who was supposed to meet Felicia Day and chickened out. Right. Because he, he like, bought like a big thing to go see Felicia Day or whatever. I'm like, I would be creeped out as a 40 year old man spending a ton of money to go have like lunch with Felicia Day. Not because I would be freaked out about it. Because I'm like, what is she thinking about this whole thing? Right. Yeah. It's like, I, like, I'm a huge Stephen King fan right now. Right. Um, I've been to a couple of book signings, like book signings, like book readings that he's done. Like, I've never met him, met him, but I've like been at stuff he's done. But like, do I want to meet Stephen King and like sit down and talk with him? No, because I th- just think that would be really bizarre, right? Yeah. Like, why? I mean, it would be great for me, but I'm like, I would feel like awkward as shit for him. Well, right? like, it would just be weird. I think if it was, especially for like, like I'm also a big Matthew Mercer fan. I'm a big Critical Role guy. Like, I've been playing D and D for like you know, my entire life, right? Right. So it's a very important thing to me, and he's like the biggest name in D and D right now, right? And he's even more susceptible to that than King because he's much more of a normal person than Stephen King is. Oh, yeah. Stephen King has been a very famous person for a very long time. I'm sure he's used to it. Mercer's only been a a pretty household name for what? 10 years? Not even 10 years, right? So I I wouldn't want to do that because I would just be like, I don't want to come across as this like you know, fanboy, like, ah, like running around, like, like, you know, like screaming, like the Beatles are getting off the goddamn plane, right? The, well, I yeah. think, as long as you don't do that, though. So, so no, but like, like what else do you do? Yeah, I'd be self-conscious of like, well, like, that's- yeah, I have it in my brain. So I've met a bunch of these people at like parties and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. I have it in my brain that I cannot talk to them about the thing that they are known for. Like, I have to think of anything else. Like, oh, let's talk yeah. about the music. Let's talk about our drinks. Like, let's not talk about the thing True. that I absolutely want to talk to you about. <laughs> I, don't want to be like, that guy. I feel like it's awkward for them right which is probably not but. and that's one thing i actually tried to do when i when i was meeting all like when i met jesse eisenberg for instance like he had just done uh sorry i am going to name drop for the rest of this entire podcast. i know just like the non-stop i'm not gonna lie brag. I'm, gonna do it, I'm gonna do it i don't care uh also in my brain uh jesse eisenberg is just the, from the social network so like he's, he's no, he very is. awkward and no, probably no. A dick he is so yeah, okay. I, I heard that he was real. So when I met him, I I was, uh, um, it was right, at, not right after, but it was a couple years after uh, uh, Zombieland had come out. So I I got him to sign it, and his awkwardness rubbed off on me for a moment. And I was like, so Woody Harrelson, what was it like working with him? And he looked at me, and goes, what do you, what do you mean? And I'm like, I heard he smokes a lot of pot. <laughs> I don't know why I fucking said that. <laughs> to this day, I don't know why. What I don't did know he why say? I said any of that. This is like, yeah. <laughs> you you got it. I tried doing the, the I I literally like the like the rock thing. I had to go down to the front of the building and literally bring him and his posse in. And like it was like his his manager, his PR person, and he had hurt his ankle. It was when he was filming um uh the the the, the football Disney film in like the early two thousands or whatever. It was oh the game. Oh yeah, game. I know what you're talking about. I don't know yeah, the game plan. I don't. So he had game plan. Yeah, he had injured his foot, so they, they filmed it. It's his his role in the movie. I've never seen it. Is he's a, is a football player who finds out he has a daughter. Not the most original yeah. thing in the world, but anyways, uh, he had actually hurt his foot in real life, and so he had his doctor with him. And so I just you know knowing that this guy's already being a big name and he's his name is blowing up, 
um i it, again this is this applies to anybody i met like i i'm just like in my head i have to sit there and, and you know especially it's like like i said simon Pegg, for instance i have to calm down and not not be a you know like that overbearing person or i also consciously was trying not to bring up the biggest thing that they've been in and try to dwell on that unless if i'm like a super super fan of that one item but like i tried to, like like i said jesse eisenberg for instance had, had i believe he had just done the social network uh and then he did then it was he was in plugging the flop that was after that but anyways zombie land was not i mean it's more of a cult film kind of thing um but yeah it's just one of those like try not to dwell on like the that one thing but speaking of that one thing by the way schofield we gotta know what's your guilty pleasure man I thought we were almost out of time. I was, uh, no, I don't uh, care. Oh, we'll yeah. go over. We'll go over <laughs> if we have to. Uh. Uh, all right. So <laughs> generally speaking, like I've said, I like movies that are very narratively focused, right, that have really good stories. Um, like I really like um, – Stop like, checking your phone. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know what you were looking at, too. Because <laughs> I saw it, too, and I didn't make a big deal about it. <laughs> Um, like Avatar: The Last Airbender is, like I said, is a great example of it, right? Like things that have a very narrative focus. You know, most of Buffy was like that. Um, I really like the end of like Star Trek: uh, Deep Space Nine. The last few seasons are very narratively focused, which is great. So my guilty pleasure is not at all that uh, because it is reality television. Uh, so like my my big guilty pleasure that I get very excited about to watch is actually The Bachelor. Oh my god! <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. Yep, I watched uh, the shocking. Bachelor, Bachelorette, uh, the uh, Bachelor in Paradise, oh, the whole freaking thing. I remember watching it a long time ago with my mother. Um, I was very young. I would like watch, sit like the foot of her bed and watch it, and we like laugh and make fun of it and, and watch it, which is pretty cool. Um, but a lot of it is like me making fun of it up until the end, right? Like the first like three fourths of it is just hilarious. Uh, because it's just people being absolutely stupid, right? And a lot of it, unfortunately, is you can tell the producers are kind of like pushing the drama more than they probably should, right? I mean, it's already a concept. It's going to have a lot of drama in it. We don't need to do it, but they do. So they push it pretty hard. But it's funny. People do some really, really stupid, stupid stuff. And some really interesting personal conflict comes out of it, which I find really fun. But usually the last quarter of it or so, it's when people go, oh, shit. This is not just a television show. There's actually people with feelings involved. Mm -hmm. Crap. And then, like, you have, like, the last three or four people, like, oh, no, these people are actually invested. Now what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. And I actually find that to be very interesting as well because all of a sudden everything that drops away, and they're like, no, now I'm actually, like, really upset because I don't know what hell I'm going to do. And, like, I don't want to hurt these people because now I should care about them because we just had this really intense experience the last, like, six months <laughs> talking to each other. So it's a nice, like, very, like, throwaway kind of plot sort of thing. It's very cheesy and very stupid and very like meme worthy and very, very you make fun of it. And then all of a sudden it will flip and turn on its ear in the last few episodes. You're like, now there's actually some really interesting emotional stuff going on with it. And I find it interesting too, from a sociological standpoint, because so much of it doesn't work between these people. And it's always external stuff that pushes them apart, mm -hmm. right? It's society the fact that they didn't realize, like, well, I live in L.A. and I live in Chicago. Well, that's going to be a fucking problem if you guys are going to try to, like, get married. Like, where are you going to live? You know, both going to move to Montana? Like, you know, like, you have to find some place where you're both going to cohabitate, right? Or that falls apart. Or they do something stupid, like the most recent one, where the girl kind of got called out because she was really doing some really racist stuff years ago. And then they didn't really handle that very well. And that whole thing fell apart. 
So it's interesting to see the, like, how their relationship that is in a bubble on the show is so strong and like looks so good when you actually open up to their, you know, influencers, like their families or their friends and the world, how does it work? And very often it just completely blows apart. Yeah. And it's interesting to watch that happen. As sad as it is sometimes, it's very interesting to watch that and see it like they're ripped to shreds. So mm-hmm. that's my guilty pleasure. Interesting. That's one that I think I'm a little bit too empathetic to enjoy reality TV. My mother loves reality TV, like Housewives, all that stuff. And I, my, my brain can't get around that a lot of time that it's fake, probably. Like, a lot of the drama is made up. But I, I just, like, feel so bad. Like, if I was in that situation, I would be so embarrassed. And I can't get around that. But I do. It's another one of those ones where people get very passionate about The Bachelor. The, oh, yeah. uh, the McElroy one of the brothers used to have a podcast with his wife where they would just review it and that I would love because they would just give me like the spark notes like description of all the candidates and like who was good and and what moments were exciting so I didn't have to like deal with any of the like firsthand stuff um but yeah that's another one where I like I could probably like grin and bear it if I had like a group of people that were also really invested it seems like one of those ones where if you have friends to watch it with and like talk about with it it's like a good good group watch it, there is definitely some manufactured drama in there. Like they obviously bring stuff in. You're like this person didn't show up now. You brought them in now because it's a problem, and that's why you're doing it, right? But there is a lot of stuff that happens. You're like they didn't expect that to happen. That's just yeah, like yeah. oh shit, that's not good, and then they have to deal with it, right? But I, I like it. I like people. I like interactions with other people, and like this is about as real as you're gonna get in a in a reality show, right? You're never gonna get real. Right. right with the with the bachelor and the bachelorette especially in the earlier ones was pretty good like i really liked um um right at the beginning of the pandemic on netflix they had this show love is blind and you guys watch that no i think i heard of it though so it's basically the same thing it was um a bunch of women a bunch of men and they would kind of like mix each other and like okay i'm talking with woman one and then tomorrow i'm gonna talk with woman four but they were behind glass they couldn't see each other oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and this went on for like a while and then they basically were like you guys both have the choice to meet each other and they met each other. And then how, what happened afterwards? And they're like, then now that you're dealing with your families and you can see each other, does the relationship continue? And that was good. Cause I don't think there was any producer involvement. It was very much like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to see what happens. Yeah. So that one was great for that. I really enjoyed that. Like I'm, I'm a real romantic at heart too. I'm, I'm the softy in the relationship. between oh. my life. I cry. Like <laughs> yeah, I know. Same here. Uh, yeah. um, I have a question. Mm. Have you ever seen Terrace house? No, I don't even know what that is. It's a Japanese style show, and I guess it's it's similar to like a like a Big Brother or like one of like they're in a house and they're watching you, but there's no like producer stuff at all to like give them things to talk about. It's just literally they let like a, several young people live in a house together and just record it, and they like go to work and stuff like that. And usually there's some sorts of romance that happens, even if it's like not necessarily between the people in the house. Sometimes they have people outside the house that they're dating and stuff. And it's just like the most wholesome, realistic. I mean, I'm sure some of it is also people pretending because you're in front of cameras, whatever, but like, it doesn't feel like other reality shows. It feels just like realistic and you get very attached to these people and their lives and when they have relationships. And then they just kind of naturally will leave the house at some point where they're like, all right, I've been here for like several months and I'm going to go off and go back to my job or whatever. Like no one gets voted out. Every every so often there's like something dramatic that leads to them leaving the house. But like, it's just like such a, a difference from the yeah, kind of reality TV we get. You should definitely it. check it out. The yeah. the one where they do, I think it's called Boys and Girls in the City. 
Uh, oh, the other thing. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I really love Tara says. Um, they, so they don't have like producer moments where like you talk to the camera and like talk about what you're feeling, but they do every so often cut back to like a panel of like five people that are watching the show. Like you are, and they just kind of comment on it. So like, huh. It feels like you're with a group of people and they're not like, I guess there's some comedians and stuff in there. So like it's, it's entertaining, but like, that's, that's like as exciting as it gets in terms of like interactions from the producers, like making things happen. Um, but like judging by what you said, what you like from these shows, I feel like you would really enjoy it. So, sometimes it's very slow to start out because it is just like, they're not manufacturing mm -hmm. drama, but like by the end of it, like the smallest things you get really invested in. And like when people decide to leave the house, you're like very sad. And then someone new comes in, you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to open my heart to this new person that's coming right. into the house yet. <laughs> yeah, the, the new will be like, no, you're gonna ruin everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they all have weird quirks too. Like there was one guy who came in and was like, "Yeah, my pastimes are uh, crumping," which is something I have not heard since the mid 2000s. Yeah, oh my, someone oh who crumps dude. professionally, but like that was his thing. He like <laughs> went on music videos and crumped and stuff, and he ended up being like one of my favorite people in the end. But I was just like, "What? <laughs> oh, no, get out of here!" Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I make my wife watch it because she was not really invested in it, but she likes it. But it's 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 interesting, and it's one of the few things that I actually like watching week to week, mm -hmm. right? Because usually, like, my wife hates binging stuff. She can't binge stuff. Um, it's very very few shows I've got her to binge. We like ripped through Lost when it was first on because she was behind. She thought it was really good, so we ripped through that. Um, we binged um, Steven Universe. We both really enjoyed. We ripped through that. That was a great yeah. show, um, right? Uh, Gravity Falls on Disney. On um, oh, Disney. Sure, got, yeah. great show, right? We ripped through that. But like, it has to be like very specific. Firefly, we ripped through. That's like really good, good shows. Firefly is easy uh, to rip through. It is, but still, right. like, it's still like ten hours, right? It's still like not short, you know, um, comparatively. But she just doesn't do that. I usually I get like really like oh, I can't wait. We do. I hate waiting week to week. The Bachelor I like because it's a two-hour show on Mondays. It's not short. It's a lot of okay. content. But it's nice to have it looking forward to it. Like, oh, we're curious. And then she and I will talk about it. Like, what the hell's going to happen? Like, is that person going? Is he going to be an idiot and go with this person? And we like, oh, I get super mad. Because a lot of times The Bachelor especially, not not when the women are in charge so much, but when the men are in charge, they make stupid goddamn decisions. Because <laughs> they're just thinking with their dick the entire time. And you're like, guys, yeah, she's hot. <laughs> She's harder than that girl, but that girl's like smart and put together and really funny. And she's the other girl's bland as hell as a bitch, but she's hotter. So it's like, I'll go with her. I'm like, you idiot. But like, and we, that we, bubble we, coming into effect. Right, like, exactly. Like, the We're like, like ah, stupid son of a bitch. But, that's like, <laughs> but we get like really, really agitated awesome. and stuff like that. But it's fun. It's fun for her and I watch together. Like you said, Finn, it's, it's good with like a couple of people. Like my wife and I watch it together. It's really fun. But if we had like, you know, more people around and we weren't in quarantine, it'd be fun to have a few people over, have like, you know, a pizza and a couple of drinks and watch and just scream at the, the idiot on the screen. It's a good time. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I do miss that like reoccurring sort of like time of my week. I I've never been super on top of watching things the same time each week, mm -hmm. but like when I, only thing I do have. have that anchor in my life, I do find it fun because then you're like, oh, I'm gonna like make sure that I get my food done beforehand. Yeah, I actually yeah. find I miss it when there's like the gaps between the shows. Like there's like the yeah. winter's Bachelorette and Bachelor, and then the Bachelorette's in the spring. Then there's one in the summer, right? There's like kind of like everyone else kind of does something, and then the winter there's nothing. In the winter, I'm like. Kind of sucks though, because I'm like, I kind of miss having that Monday thing we always do, right? How so. What else are you gonna look forward to in winter? In California, anyways? how do they not have a winter? Because because they film the Bachelor during the winter, so they can play it at the end of the winter, 
and then they filmed The Bachelorette right after that, so they put it in the spring. And then when that's happening, they filmed the third show. They need like a break for people to have you know, like lives, Jimmy. Oh. So, okay. Honestly, with how much money ABC is making off of all those series, they should just. I'm I'm surprised. Oh, this is how they do it. They, yeah, they, they, they make tons of money. Oh yeah, tons of money. Well, and I, I will admit, I watched the f- what the first season of each. Bachelor and Bachelorette, maybe first two seasons, and then just fell off. But yeah, it got a lot better as it went along. I mean, but there is a little bit more manufactured drama, which I get annoyed. And it's funny, the last couple of seasons, I feel like a lot of the fans were like, "Would you just leave it alone?" Like it's already a dramatic situation by itself. What you've set up is already very dramatic. Butt out and just let it happen. Right. Instead of being like, "Now this person's coming in like three weeks late. What's going to happen?" Everyone like explodes and kills the woman. Like, well, of course they're going to get pissed. Right, because they've already been trying to win a relationship with this guy, and then this woman walks in three weeks in. Of course, they're gonna be pissed at her. Like, what are you doing? Like, whoa, what will happen? Like, you know exactly what's happening, you idiots. So, exactly. Note: drama's coming out. Wow, it's true. Oh, well, I feel like I've learned so much about both of you. These are not (laughs) the things that I expected you guys to say today. How are you that shocked that I love a kid's show? Come on. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know what you think of me, but I don't think my coworkers are actively watching like children's shows for like the content. I assume you'll watch it with your kid, but like your favorite things will be something else. But like I said, you gotta give Disney Plus B L U E Y seven eight minutes each. I kind of don't want to like jump into it now because I feel like if I ever do have kids, I'm going to be inundated with children's shows and I don't want to like lose the excitement of a good one now. You want, like, you want the good kid show, Jimmy? It's rewatchable, trust me. You want, you want another good kid show that you find, you'll find quite funny, I feel like, because you can oh. make fun of it while it's still teaching you some stuff? Okay. Watch the Octonauts. Octonauts? Yeah, very good. Okay. Watch of, the Backyardigans. They've got Backyardigans. Oh, Backyardigans. Okay. You can watch Yo Gabba Gabba. The Jack Black episode's quite good. Mm. Jack Black is playing with Tubbies. No, don't watch They've that. They've got secret messages in there. No, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. The Octopods are a bunch of anthropomorphic animals who are living under, like, at the bottom of the ocean doing, like, um, aquatic, like, marine biologist experiments. And it's okay. hilarious because it starts making fun of itself at certain times. It's like it's it's quite good. It's very very funny, but it's like kind of like uh, in a little bit in the vein of like the nineteen fifties, like Johnny Quest sort of cartoons as well. There's a bit of that to it. It's it's better than I thought it was going to be. Like we watched it as a joke, my my wife and I. We ended up watching a lot of it like before bed, which is very calming before bed. And we're like, this is actually like a halfway decent show. Like we're like kind of surprised by how good the show actually is. All right, so now you've learned more about Schofield. Yeah, uh, tr- truly, my eyes have been open today. I, I have extraordinarily eclectic tastes. That's, that's, yeah, you do. That is not a surprise to me. <laughs> well, yeah, Actually, I would have been less surprised to hear that Schofield, with no child, was watching children's shows than I am to hear that's that. That's, yeah, that's like, true. I thought your guilty pleasure movie was going to be something, I don't know, completely different. For me? Really? Yeah. Like, what? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> you could have said anything else, and I would have been less surprised. I think I think wow. and I think you you your guilty pleasure my guilty pleasure are much more like guilty pleasures that you're like eh, I'm kind of embarrassed I'm watching this as opposed to yeah I'm very guilty about kind of like pleasure. endearing almost in a way but I'm also understandable because you have a child if you said that yeah. you didn't have a child I would have been like hell yeah on board <laughs> that's guilty 
Okay, that's true. That's true. Although it is funny. So it, the, the intro of the show, it's like it's like the family's dancing, and then like the music's going, and it stops, and it goes, "Mom!" And then it goes, then it goes, and then it stops, and it goes, "Dad!" And then it goes, "Bingo!" And then it goes, "Bluey!" And so I yelled it like that, and that kind of voice whenever they do them, even though it's funny. I, I I've watched. Uh, what 70 episodes of this freaking show and i can't nail the fucking timing of the goddamn thing but anyways <laughs> but i bought a little bluey figurine first of all the big ones were 20 dollars. the small ones like 750 which was reasonable but for whatever reason shut up fucking both of you it's for this is for my kids not for me anyway sure, sure. 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 turn the camera around let me see your desk so what's funny though is that um i brought it out when, when the show's intro was playing and i'm like i'm like hey hey buddy buddy bluey and he just kind of looked at me kind of went ha, ha. and then he, and then he went back to the show he has not touched the figurine he, which is weird because he loves stuffed animals. Loves stuffed animals. But I think he's a little bit too young to like make the connection, probably. Yeah, probably. Like between the the screen oh, no. colors so, and. So when when we watched it the second time, I did the hey Louie, and he's like, ha, ha, ha. Mm, I'm not gonna touch it. Okay, here. Oh, okay, I want to watch him. On, I want to watch her on TV. Like, I don't know how else, it was kind of weird. Like he didn't. He realizes that it's a tangible item that he can grab, but for some reason doesn't want to grab it because she's on the TV. I don't know. He's like, there's two different modes there. There's the watching and paying attention and the playing. Yeah. Maybe that's a good sign that he doesn't uh, have ADHD because other, like if that was me, I would need to be playing with something else while also watching a TV show, while listening to a podcast, while uh, writing my memoir, like multitasking crazy, but he's just like full focus on Bluey. You know what? I will not be surprised if he ends up with the ADHD, but I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, it was funny the entire time he's been, the monitor's been on him. So every time I we mention him, I'm always like, okay, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> right, on that note, though, I should get going because. Yeah, I got to make some dinner. It's late. We gotta, I got to do that. And then we're going to watch the great food truck race on Food Network. Oh, oh, it's a great show. It was a great show. It's fun. Very fun. Yeah. Tyler Florence is a friggin'. Crazy man though. <laughs> he was on. He was on Worst Cuts in America with Anne Burrell, who I love. Anne Burrell. Anne Burrell oh my god! Nice. If we can one. get her on the show, I would. Oh, her, her, Alan Brown, Alice Gwynn, and Shelley are like my favorites. But anyway, yeah, Alan Brown. Oh my god, Alan Brown is like my hero. But anyway, yeah. um, I went to a couple of. I went to his live show. It was great. But he was on Worst Cooks, and he's like the whole time he's like, I'm not a bragging kind of guy, but this is the best show you're ever gonna taste. Like, I'm not a bragging kind of guy, but man, I make good donuts. It's just some random shit. There's a whole like clip of him just doing it over and over again for like 10 minutes it looked the funniest <laughs> thing and now i watch i watch food truck race and that's all i can think of he's like well i'm not a bragging kind of guy but i would have beaten you all in this food truck race myself <laughs> no question hilarious <laughs> so funny so funny yeah i'm a big food network guy too oh yeah no same here so all right on that note we you know what maybe we'll do an episode where we review food network programs that'd be good yeah yeah or, or we it's been just a long time about, since I've watched Food Network. All my references are going to be very old. Are we? I was about to say, are we talking about the personalities on there too? Oh, Anyways, on that note, I love how we're just pro- pre-programming already. Okay, bye everyone. Bye. bye. bye.